Week 11 is here, and so are we with another edition of the Daily Fantasy Dudes podcast. A lot of interesting things going on, several quarterback changes as we head into this week, so it could be very interesting on the fantasy front. Tom Gallon, along with Matt Van Every, let's get right to it. Matt, what are you looking at from the quarterback spot? I like Derek Carr uh, facing the Lions. You know, I think that he's ascending, uh, you know, and becoming one of the better quarterbacks in the league. And I think he just may put on a show this week. It could be, dare I say, reminiscent of the greatest show on turf days, you know, playing up there in uh, Ford Field in Detroit. Uh, You know, Carr, Murray, Crabtree, Cooper kind of playing the roles of uh, Kurt Warner, Marshall Falk, Isaac Bruce, and Torrey Holt. That's a high comparison, but I, you know, I, I, it may happen. I mean, those guys are really an interesting team, a lot of offense, and the Lions, you know, despite what they did last week in Green Bay, I think that uh, the, the Raiders are going to go up there and, and have a field day. The Lions may too. I mean, it could be a really high-scoring game, so, but I'm definitely, Carr's my pick. So, and then next, I'm going with Tony Romo. I know he just got back, but I don't care. I'm going straight out of the gates. He's facing the Dolphins. And word is he's been out of sight in practice. You know, he uh, he was on injured reserve, so he couldn't come back until this week. But they said he's been ready for weeks to come back. They could have brought him back several weeks back if he wasn't on injured reserve. So, you know, he's got Dez all the way back. And I think he's just going to come out firing against the Dolphins. They're, they're giving up the fourth most fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks. And I see that continuing this week. Tony's a great quarterback, and uh, he's going to show it this week against the Dolphins. After Tony going to Cam Newton, you know, he's facing the Redskins, which, I mean, the opponent is one big reason there, but I mean, Cam's just getting it done week in and week out. He's one of the, you know, guys on the short list for MVP. So, you know, the, the opponent, the quarterback, the team, all the makings of a big day for uh, the quote unquote icon, if you remember when he came into the league himself, uh, Cam Newton. So, and lastly, going on a flyer, very inexpensive, Matt Hasselbeck of the Indianapolis Colts filling in for luck, playing the Falcons. They give up a lot of opposing quarterback points, and I think that Hasselbeck is going to be good for a game or two. I could see him having a uh, you know a 300-yard passing game, throw a couple touchdowns, and put up some good numbers at a really affordable price. And so I want to take advantage of it this week before reality comes back and does slap him in the face. Matt Hasselbeck is a, a flyer play in the tournaments for sure. Yeah, for me, there's just so much dysfunction with the Cowboys. I'm not ready to take Romo his first game back, and I don't doubt that he's going to improve that offense quite a bit, but... That team just has not been playing well for weeks, and I don't trust that they're magically going to turn it around in his very first week back. Matt Hasselbeck would be an interesting choice. I think if I was going to go the uber-cheap guy, I'd probably just go ahead and go with Sanchez, Mark Sanchez, starting for Philly. Just in an offense that's bound to be throwing the ball constantly, I think Hasselbeck, they might try to scale things back just a tad. But otherwise, you know, there's a couple of decent options if you want to throw flyers and go real cheap at the quarterback spot. But that game that you mentioned, the Raiders-Detroit game, that one is also my focus this week. And since you've already taken Derek Carr, I'll go the other side and take Matthew Stafford, who is very cheaply priced at only $5,400 on DraftKings, $7,000 on FanDuel, and $32 on Yahoo. And he's got plenty of weapons. The Raiders' pass rush is nothing to really be fearing, especially with the loss of Alden Smith for the rest of the season. So this one, I think Matthew Stafford will have plenty of opportunities to put the ball in the air. He's got his big guys, Calvin Johnson, while not 100% healthy, is healthy enough that he'll play. Um, And we'll get to the tight ends. Ebron is one of my favorites. So my main play this week will probably be on that game, a mix of Stafford or Carr, either one. And the the Newton, Cam Newton certainly is, is worth looking at as well. I'm just thinking pricing-wise, playing especially Stafford 
I'll have plenty of money left over to make sure I can get some top flight running backs in there and maybe a receiver or two that's more of an elite guy. Moving on to those running backs, what do you got? I'm going to start off with Charkander Quest. I know he's a popular pick. This week, he's playing the Chargers, so it doesn't get much better. And uh, I just think that he's going to put up some big numbers. I, I will be stunned if he doesn't. So Charkander Quest, big play and affordable. Next up, I'm going with Darren Sproles. You know, I think that the Eagles, Matthews is out for one. And something tells me that Mark Sanchez is going to be throwing off his back foot and with guys draped from him all day long. I see him dumping off a little short one to Sproles where he gets behind some blockers. And next thing you know, he's off for a 60, 70 yard touchdown. It's not going to surprise me one bit. So I'm going with Sproles. I know that's kind of a specific call, but I just got a real feeling about him. After that, I'm going with Langford of the Bears facing the Broncos, which I'm sure is probably, you know, after being on the radar so heavily for the past two weeks, he's probably fallen off it to a lot of, uh, of players, but he is not off mine. There's a chance Forte doesn't play. It's likely looking that he will, but the Broncos are vulnerable to a good multi-purpose back. They've got a real weakness to running back catching passes out of the backfield, as was shown last week by West of the Chiefs. You know, I see Langford getting out there and uh, playing, and uh, and even if Forte does play, I don't think it'll be a 50-50 split. I see much more like a 75-25 to Langford. At this point, I just don't see how you can take him out, especially, you know, they're fighting for a playoff spot, and the guy's just getting it done, I think, more so than Forte. So I really like Langford this week, and I think he's a great play because I don't think he's going to be on as many rosters as he probably should be. Finally, uh, Latavius Murray. Once again, I mean, I'm I'm going back to that uh, that my quote-unquote Greatest show on turf comparison. I think that those guys on the uh, in Raider silver and, and black are going to put it on a show in Ford Field in Detroit. So there's a trend there, and I'm going with Latavius Murray. Yeah, you definitely have the guy that I'll have, I think, in every lineup I put out there. The price is just too good, and he's been coming on strong, and that is Charkandrick West. 4500 on DraftKings, 7100 on FanDuel, 22 on Yahoo, which is very good value for a running back. He'll be everywhere in my lineups. Moving on to the rest of my guys, I really lean toward Todd Gurley this week with a change at quarterback. I think they're going to be focused on the running game even more, and he'll be used probably in the short passing game more as kind of a safety valve for Case Keenum. So I like Gurley. I was debating between him and Peterson as my main elite guy to go with. Probably can only get one of the two in the lineups. With the injury to Peterson, a hamstring issue, yeah, he's going to play. I'm sure he'll be fine. But really, when guys have hamstring or groin injuries, I just tend to stay away from him because you just never know. That, that could pop up. He's done for the game, and then you've just blown your pick. The other guy I really kind of like this week is DeMarco Murray with the fact that Ryan Matthews is out. That's going to give him more playing time. And He's the only guy that can really run the ball on a regular basis. They're not going to run it too much with Sproles or any of the other options. So I like DeMarco Murray. Should get 20 carries and, of course, is still going to be used in the passing game as well. Instead of seeing 50% of the snaps, I would guess he's going to be closer to 75% of the snaps. And a pretty good value at 6000 on DraftKings, 7600 on FanDuel, 29 on Yahoo. So those are the main three that I'll be rolling with. Might sprinkle in a little Devontae Freeman here or there, but for the most part... It's Gurley, Murray, and West for me. How about on the wide receivers there? What do you got, Matt? Mike Evans, starting off with him against the Eagles. You know, keep an eye on Vincent Jackson and uh, Safarian Jenkins. Not sure. They're they're both questionable. I think either way, Evans is a great play. You know, if those guys both sit out or one of them sits out even, he's probably a high-end WR1. 
But even if they play, he's still a high-end WR2 to low-end WR1. I mean, the guy's getting a lot of looks, and him and Jameis seem to have uh, developed a rapport. I like Mike Evans. Um, I also like Demarius Thomas. I think that Osweiler is going to look his way early and often. When you got a horse, what do you do with that horse? You feed him. The horse up there is Demarius Thomas. If my name's Brock Osweiler, you know, he's like six foot 11 or something like that. It's like Dirk Nowitzki back there playing quarterback. And so he's going to be able to see the field. And I think that he's going to be looking for number 88 and throw his way often. So I like Demarius. Next up, I just put Raiders wide receivers. There is a trend there. I like all those guys on their offense, uh, particularly Crabtree and uh, Cooper. I mean, obviously those are the plays. It's going to be a track meet. You know, those two with Carr throwing Dilfer Dimes to them all, all game long. I just think it's going to be a, a thing of beauty. Definitely Raiders wide receivers, take your pick. Brandon LaFell against Buffalo. Um, I'm not ready quite to crown Danny Amendola yet. I think LaFell is going to have a lot of targets and um, probably have a big game. And then finally, Tavon Austin, who's facing the Ravens. Um, Case Keenum is now there. Uh, he's They brought him in, and he's going to be taking the snap. They finally just decided to cut their losses with Nick Foles, and he's uh, going to carry the clipboard. So I'm taking a flyer on Austin. He's not quite as high for me as some of these others, but I kind of feel about him like I do Sproles. I just see a situation where he takes a pass out of the backfield and finds a wall of blockers and goes for a long touchdown run. So Tavon Austin, Sproles, both those guys would be great tournament plays. You know, they're going to be high risk reward type plays. Definitely keep them on your radar. Yeah, I'm in total agreement there on the Raider receivers, Cooper or Crabtree, either one probably fine if you can get them in there. Mike Evans definitely on my radar for many of the same reasons you mentioned. I'm also kind of leaning towards Golden Tate with the Lions. Figuring that game's going to be wide open on the passing game. They don't have much of a running game, so I expect the ball to be in the air a lot. And he's the healthiest of the options for Matthew Stafford to be looking at. As far as the Monday night game goes, though, I do love Danny Amendola. He came in last week and was a key piece for New England after Edelman went down late in the first quarter. He took over, had 10 catches for 79 yards. And what I like about him, at besides just the cheap price everywhere, is that he also will be making up a little bit for Deion Lewis missing in the running game because they'll love to go to him for the short passing game. I think Tom Brady has full trust in Danny Amendola in much the same way he has with Edelman. So I would definitely look at Danny Amendola to get plenty of looks. I tend to play the full PPR site, so it does benefit to have guys that catch a lot of balls, even if they're not going for huge yardage. But Amendola, I think, is a good play. Definitely be used quite a bit. And if you do want to pivot off it, for sure, LaFell is a good option. Personally, I think I'll probably go about 75% of my entries will have Amendola, and maybe 25% will have Brandon LaFell instead. Now, Amendola, let's face it, he's going to be heavily owned. People are on to the fact that he's in there, he's cheap. Understand that. That's why pivoting to a LaFell on some of your lineups might not be a bad idea. But for me... Playing in mainly just single-entry GPPs, I'm fine with Amendola because I've got plenty of uniqueness elsewhere, and you don't have to be that unique in the single entries anyway. Moving on, let's go to our tight end spot. What do you got there, Matt? I'm going with Zach Ertz. One word, Sanchez. I just don't see Sanchez moving the ball downfield with ease or consistency. So, again, it's a great outlook for Ertz, Murray, and Sproles. You're going to see a lot of 10 to 15 yard passes. Ertz has something like 26 catches over the past five games, something like that, which is a ton without a touchdown. I'm just going with the law of averages. You know, eventually that's got to shift and Ertz is going to cross the goal line. So I think it's this week against the Bucks. After Ertz, I'm going with Jermaine Gresham. 
with my main man out there playing for the uh, Cardinals against the Bengals. You know, Carson Palmer really is talking him up and just going on and on and gushing about what a key role he's been playing since he, uh, you know, got healthy and basically said, you know, quote unquote, down the stretch, this guy is going to make a lot of plays and he's going to be looking his way often. He's paraphrased, but yeah, I mean, he basically said that. I mean, he said, hey, this is going to be a guy who's going to be big for us. When the quarterback tells you who he's going to be looking for, that's a pretty safe bet, I'd say. You got to pick your poison up there. And I think at this point, Gresham's flying under the radar. And I think he's a very strong play and very affordable as well. So, Jermaine Gresham. For me at the tight end position, I'm going to be heavy on Eric Ebron for the Detroit Lions. He's the type of tight end that really gives the Raiders trouble. I know all season, everybody's just, oh, every time there's a tight end, you play against the Raiders. Well, the fact is that a lot of those tight ends, say Owen Daniels, Heath Miller, they're not really the types of tight ends that drive the Raiders nuts. It's these younger, athletic, big guys that they just can't defend. And Ebron fits that like a T. I expect him to get plenty of looks in the red zone. And I doubt that the Raiders will be able to hold him out of the end zone. So look for at least one touchdown from Ebron. Probably five to eight receptions. I think he should have a big day. Very cheap across the industry. 3500 on DraftKings, 5400 on FanDuel, and just $16 on Yahoo. Now, the other two I'll be looking at, Travis Kelsey for Kansas City at San Diego, as he's kind of the main weapon in that passing attack, and is a good mid-range value, solid tight end. Obviously, you know, Travis Kelsey came into the season as one of the top two or three tight ends most people would mention. So I like his price this week and the opportunity there at San Diego for the Chiefs. And he's 4700 on DraftKings, 5700 on FanDuel, and 19 on Yahoo. And then finally, if he can be squeezed in, even if I have to use him as a flex, I wouldn't mind going with Rob Gronkowski. I think he always gets up for these games against Buffalo. It's a Monday nighter at home. Price actually came down just a tad from last week. So for me, I kind of consider him in the receiver category more than the tight end. So I compare him to the receiver pricing. And... 7700 on DraftKings isn't all that bad. He's 8400 on FanDuel, 28 on Yahoo, and I just think he'll be getting more looks, much like I said earlier with Danny Amendola. I think Gronkowski will help make up for the loss of a guy like Lewis, who was used not only in the running game, but also in the short passing game. Look for Gronk to get plenty of opportunities. It's just a matter of whether or not you can squeeze him into your lineup. Let's move on to the defenses. What do you got there, Matt? That Cardinal defense against the Bengals. Cardinals are coming off that great win um, against the Seahawks where, you know, gutsy. I was just really impressive overall. That took the confidence-building win, and I just don't see them not carrying that over to this week. On the other hand, the Bengals, what's wrong with you guys? You're 8-0, and you go and lose to the Texans in 6. I mean, that is pathetic. I just see the Bengals kind of having a hangover from that loss. I think they're going to lose two in a row, and I think it's going to be a low-scoring game for the Bengals. The Seahawks facing the 49ers. The Niners stink. Seahawks are, are frustrated after what happened last week. Much like the Bengals, they had kind of a depressing loss. And I think they're going to take out their frustration on the 49ers. Yeah, you got to figure Seattle season is really on the line. If they can't get up for that game against San Francisco, a longtime rival of theirs, it might be over. They may not be making the playoffs. As far as my picks, I am going with the team we saw on Monday night, Houston. The Texans look like the defense is back on track. They did a great job against a much better offense with the Cincinnati Bengals. So I think they'll be able to get to Ryan Fitzpatrick and kind of hold back the New York Jets, who haven't been playing all that well for the last few weeks, probably at that time of the season where Ryan Fitzpatrick can be exposed a little more. 
So I like Houston. Put a lot of pressure. They're actually quite cheap. 2500 on DraftKings, 4500 on FanDuel, and 13 on Yahoo. And outside of the Texans, I think the only other one I'll go with is on Monday night, I'll be on the Patriots. One of the big reasons is that Tyrod Taylor for Buffalo, who I love, I just don't think he's quite right yet. And anybody that watched the previous week's Thursday night game against the Jets saw that he kind of seemed to hurt himself again or at least tweaked his injury that he's had that kept him out. So I don't think he's going to be as mobile as he typically would be, which is something that's going to give them problems against the Patriots defense. The Patriots defense in general, not a great defense, but if you take away that mobility from a quarterback like Tyrod Taylor, I think that really gives them the opportunity to get after him and makes them a good play. And of course, I always love to have plenty of action on the Monday night game. So the New England Patriots and the Texans are my two defenses. Let's move on to the tips of the week. And for me, as I kind of alluded to earlier, if you're playing a lot of the bigger GPP multi-entry type of contest and probably getting frustrated because you may see at the end of the week guys who had hundreds upon hundreds of entries and that's tough to go against if you're one of those that maybe can go five or ten at the most so you're not getting a real big mix if you miss on a guy that went off that week you're pretty much toast so what I'm suggesting is maybe try those GPPs that are single entry which they have more of now I think they're starting to with all the pressure that's on the DFS industry I think they're leaning towards having more opportunity for the smaller players playing these single-entry GPPs. You do have to get into them fairly early as they tend to fill up 12 to 24 hours ahead of time. I play the Thursday night ones on DraftKings, and I always make sure that I get in those with a dummy lineup on Tuesday. But the beauty of these GPPs that are single-entry, first of all, the decent variety, you know, cheap plays up to the more expensive ones, but you don't have to nail your lineups. I mean, if you miss a guy, chances are the majority of those single entries also did. So the key is, you know, put out a solid lineup. You're going to have to hit a few guys, certainly. It's not such a big deal if you have a guy like Todd Gurley a few weeks ago was like 60% owned. Well, that's fine. You don't necessarily need to go against the trend so much. As long as you have a solid lineup, you can compete in those. And it's much more, to me, fun because you feel like, hey, I'm going head-to-head against all these guys. doesn't matter if they're some of the great players in the industry because if you're going only one entry, I think I can compete with anybody. So it's just a matter of, hey, did you hit it that week or not? So give those a shot if you're finding yourself frustrated by some of the big multi-entry GPP type of contests where it's tough to go up against guys that have the funds to put in hundreds of lineups versus maybe your five or ten. Keep that in mind. Matt, what is your tip for the week? I like to point out these sites that I use because I get so much information and I like to let other people do some of my research for me, you know, on some of these these collections of uh, of information. You know, I Evan Silva, Roto World is a go-to for me. Football Outsiders is a go-to for me. And now I'm also using uh, at NFL.com, they have the just the points against page. It's really simple to use. Basically, what it tells you is just it just gives you the fantasy points against, on average, it's the number of fantasy points each NFL team allows to each position based on default scoring. So it's not exactly PPR oriented. So keep that in mind. But it, you can still use it to get a good idea of 
who is vulnerable. You can do seasonal averages. You can do the weekly performance. You can do the past two weeks, the past four weeks. There's a lot of different ways to break it down and it does break it down by position. So it's interesting to look at and just say, hey, who's given up the points to the tight ends the past four weeks? Because those numbers can vary greatly. You know, over the past four weeks, two running backs, Denver Broncos are giving up the fourth most points, which who'd have thought that? I wouldn't have thought that offhand. So um, that's the sort of information you can get from the Fantasy Points Against page. Bookmark it and then make it a regular stop. All right, sounds like a good tip. One note for next week since it's Thanksgiving. There'll be several games on Thursday. So we'll have our podcast available at some point, not quite sure exactly when, but some point on Wednesday night so that you can get to that and have some information that will involve players from the Thursday games. And then what we'll do is we'll have our usual updates on the website no later than Sunday morning where we'll go into a little more depth, maybe add a few more picks or change something we might have mentioned regarding players involved in the Sunday-Monday game. So just be aware of that. We'll have the podcast out Wednesday night and further updates for the rest of the week's play on DailyFantasyDudes.com. Otherwise, that's a wrap for this week. Everybody, good luck. We will talk to you next week. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or your favorite provider. And if you do use iTunes, we'd greatly appreciate it if you left a review of the show. We love the feedback, and it helps us move up the podcast rankings. Hey dudes, don't forget to follow me on Twitter under at YouFantasyDude. I'll always have links to the podcast in my Fantasy Hub blog articles posted there as soon as they become available, plus tips and more info throughout the week. And remember, when it comes to daily fantasy, have fun, win money, don't be ridiculous.